0: Welcome to episode 134 of the Beyond 90 podcast. This is Eric Sabihano in the hosting chair once again. And there's been so much football over the past week. More football, really, than you can keep up with. Seriously, I'm having trouble keeping up with everything that's happening in the wonderful world of WOSO. But anyway, back to... um, this week, and we've got the terrific trio once again, alongside me, uh, Dale Roots and Majella Card. And I think I'll start with you, Madge. Um, how has your week been?
1: Yeah, really good. I mean, talking about too much football, there is too much. So I, when I'm i just going to prioritize local football. Really happy about the NPL and Queensland uh, kicking off uh, this weekend. So I got out to uh, the Lions, the, um, the newly promoted Mitchelton. And yeah, great game. Really enjoy um, being able to get out and watch football live. So that's what I focused on this week.
0: No, great. Uh, so, well, did Lions win?
1: They did, but uh, new and again, newly promoted Mitchelton against uh, the treble winners, uh, the two time, the, the past two seasons treble winners, Lions, uh, put up a great fight, went ahead 1 0, um, but you know, Lions came came good uh, and ended up winning 2 1. But yeah, really great signs from Mitchelton.
0: So it does protect the Lions unbeaten run, but that's good if a newly it promoted does. team can. It does. We're,
1: we're, we're hoping that maybe the Lions won't be quite as unbeaten yeah. this season. Yes.
0: Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, lots, everyone, everyone except Lions will be hoping that, I assume. But, um, yep. Yeah. And, of course, on to Dale Roots, who's joined us once again. Thanks so much. And, uh, I mean, this week is happy for you in at least one way, I would have thought.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good weekend of football this weekend. Uh Obviously, uh, the Matilda's coming up next week and should be good. But yeah, good week, good win for the girls in green this week. So very happy about that as well. Yep.
0: So of course, plenty of time to get onto that. And of course, perfect segue. Speaking of girls in green, episode one hundred and thirty-four means Matilda's cap one hundred and thirty-four, and that is Caitlin Munoz. She made her debut for the Tillies in two thousand and five. Last cap in two thousand and fifteen. Fifty-seven appearances for thirteen goals. Played at the two thousand and seven World Cup as well as the 2006 and the 2008 Asian Cup. Plenty of appearances domestically for both Canberra Eclipse and uh, Dale's beloved Canberra United. And more recently, I love this appointment, she's now part of Canberra United's mentorship group. But before that, uh, just Dale, you're the perfect person to talk about, Caitlin Munoz, so please go ahead.
2: Uh, one of the most underrated and I think underappreciated Australian midfielders of the last probably 20 years uh, whenever, I mean, later in her playing career, Caitlin's pace was well and truly shot, uh, probably because she'd had five knee reconstructions, but, uh, she was a player with superb vision, uh, a real nouse for attacking, uh, fantastic shot, especially from distance. I, I have memories of her scoring what I believe might've been the goal of the season in about 2011. Um, but, yeah, I think um, one of Canberra's all-time best footballers uh, of, of you know, of any era. Um, she was always lovely whenever I had dealt with a, a photo with her from about 2009 in the pouring rain at McKellar Park. Um, and, yeah, she was always great to deal with from a fan's perspective. And, yeah, as I said, I think um, so much of her time was spent recovering from injury um, that I don't think we really got to see the best of her in the dub um, but that's kind of the way sport goes unfortunately but yeah she was she was always a fantastic player for Canberra and as you said I'm glad that she's still hanging about the place making sure that you know the next generation of Caitlin Munoz is coming through and have an eye goal as well as she did.
0: Yeah so despite the despite um, her various injury struggles, she's still managed to rack up, I'm doing my maths: 125 National League appearances, so that's certainly to be commended. Uh, Caitlin ended her playing career in storybook fashion, uh, securing the 2019 NPL Capital Football Championship for Belcon United with a goal in the 118th minute of their grand final. So, nice. what a long career. So, it starts in the 90s, and she actually ended it in a game covered by Beyond
2: 90. Incredible. Yeah. Also, also yeah, and- her, uh, her, I believe her her dad i have a feeling that her sister actually used to work with my dad Mm. and her she was the only one in the she was the only one in the family who didn't really care for football but like caitlin's like their dad was coaching around canberra from you know when they were young and obviously they got into it caitlin got into it and was obviously a spectacular player but like the family's very my, my understanding is the family's quite well known around the traps in canberra football so um yeah as i said i mean Uh, definitely a fan like a fantastic she was a fantastic player she didn't she didn't as I said I remember she, she didn't necessarily have the moves in kind of 2015 onwards but she could hit a ball like it was going out of fashion
0: yeah and um yeah so that was her that was her end of her competitive career I mean she did play a game after that which I suppose um is would be classed more as a friendly, but I did watch her in yeah. the twenty nineteen Challenge Cup, Sydney Uni versus Belconnen United, scored with a back heel off a cross, and mm. um, Sam and I were very annoyed when the promised stream of that game didn't materialise.
2: Yeah, I I've always been one to say that that that, that uh, NPL like Challenge Cup should be expanded nationwide, like they have with the NPL Championships in the men's competition. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that like we would have so many more memories of players scoring ridiculous goals like that. Yes
0: and um i want our reps to beat the victorian reps that's that's my takeaway from that
2: oh i don't but... think that would be too hard mate yeah, yeah, yeah that's right because
0: <laughs> because all their best players are playing for our club yeah, all their best players <laughs> are
2: playing for blacktown
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes oh yeah so we got distracted now uh we were discussing before the podcast i thought that we could have a podcast with no bad news because of course we've had a lot of bad news recently but no um we, I was reminded of the unfortunate scenes with the Canadian women's national team and Canada Soccer, their national federation. Shocking stuff. We'll link to an article from CNN, as well as um, an embed from uh, world football legend, Christine, link- Christine Sinclair. But uh, basically, Madge, they didn't get compensated in the 2022 calendar year.
1: Yeah, and and on top of that, they're looking to cut their programs this year in a World Cup year. Um especially considering that, you know, it looks like the the men's team got a, a lot of support and uh, leading into their historic um, return to the men's world cup in 2022. Uh, it seems like uh, some pretty, pretty um, high hypocrisy and disrespect to the, the women's team happening there over in Canada at the moment. So it's really disappointing. Um, and even more disappointing that you know when they uh, the the players threatening to go on strike, which is just seems absolutely reasonable. Uh, the Canada Soccer threatened to sue them back, and so as a result of not getting paid and and a lot of players not really having having the ability to to hold out at this particular point point in time, they they um they are still going to play in the upcoming uh, She Believes Cup. But um yeah, it's just looks like an absolute mess um it it, it looks like there's uh, some interesting financial uh dealings and and financial structures uh over there in the Canadian football uh area that might be affecting uh how how uh how the teams how actually it's and it's not just the women's team it's the the youth set up as well having their their budgets um slashed so really looks like um they're not really looking to the future at the moment. And um, yeah, really sad state of state of affairs and, and against it for a team that, you know, we're going to be seeing in the, in the group games. Um, if, I mean, the the more uh, cynical might think, Oh, this is fantastic. Um, seeing Canada have troubles, but I don't want that. I want um, teams coming to the world cup here in July and August, being the best they can be and having the best preparations and, Um, setting us up for a wonderful spectacle Um, so I really hope that the uh, Canadian women's national team you know get the support that they that they need so they can uh, roll into the World Cup as strong as possible.
0: Yeah so Mm -hmm. Dale um, I'm really here to bring the vibes and it's all bad vibes here but you've actually done some a bit more reading on this and yeah it's it's pretty bad isn't it?
2: I mean, like, as Madge says, like, the, the point that you make about Canada's men's team going back to the World Cup last year, I think is one that really can't be ignored. Canada Soccer got $9 million from FIFA uh, for their appearance at the World Cup, plus whatever they were getting uh, like for, for preparation money, which I believe was about $1.5 US dollars. Um, so they've got this new fund, they've got this new, you know, amount of money that they haven't had since what, like Canada haven't been at the World Cup since like 1982 or something? Um, 86. Would be, exactly. Yeah, 86, that's right. So they, they've they had all this money come in and, and as Madge was saying, the the articles that we've been reading or the, the coverage that's been coming out is that effectively Canada Soccer's interests, commercial interests are represented by a private group called Canada soccer business which is basically run by uh or run as part of i guess would be the easiest way to explain it the canadian premier league so canada has its own premier league which i think is 12 teams now uh, and all of those uh those that that ownership group controls effectively the uh, commercial interests of soccer in canada the problem with that is that there's no women's canadian soccer league at this point there will be one in 2025 as we've discussed on the show before but uh at the moment that doesn't exist uh so none of these players or very few of these players are playing professional sport in Canada they're either playing in college or they're playing abroad so in reality this business doesn't have any reason to worry or to care about these players because at the end of the day they're only they're just national team players they're not bringing money into the Canadian Premier League business um, and even the men's side, as you guys have said, is that the men's side are kind of kicking up, kick up as think about this as well because they're not having the financial statements released to them. Uh, they're, by the looks of things, not a, not going to agree to a new CBA. So, uh, the, it's all a bit ugly. I mean, the the equivalent that I would say would be if um, if the APL owned all of the rights to the Matildas and the Socceroos and all of the associated national teams and because they weren't playing in Australia or because they weren't didn't have the money, they just decided not to play pay the Matildas and the Socceros because they just didn't have the money to do it. And like when you think about it like that, uh, like if that was to happen in Australia, there'd be I mean, there probably wouldn't be riots, but there'd be severe discontent and lots of angry tweets, which is generally the way that you know we we express our anger in Australian football. But yeah, it's just completely cooked. Like they're five, we're, four, we're five months out from a World Cup, and like mm-hmm. Canada might be playing the under twenties at this point. In in all seriousness, um, like they're going to have, they've already sold out Amy Park, Melbourne Rectangular Stadium. They've already sold out the stadium, and they're potentially not going to be sending their players they're potentially not going to be sending their best players they could be sending college athletes which is not a disrespect to the players that they could send but it's just an absolute farce that we've gotten this close to a world cup and they're just absolutely um you know absolutely kicking the bucket in terms of the funds um and as you say it makes you angry like these 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 teams are the the men's team like they weren't crash hot at the world cup but it was the first time that they've been at a world cup in you know nearly 40 years and the women's team is one of the best in the world and they're just not going to get remunerated for their for their work and now as you say eric like threatened being threatened to be sued because they're potentially going to go on strike it's just completely bizarre it could be the most impolite thing that's ever happened in canada um (laughs) yeah yes yeah (laughs) it's it's a bit it's a bit of a a shit fight to say the least
0: yeah so i think more to Dale's sort of much less important point, but I think Dale, you were telling me uh, some content creator at a World Cup was uh, wanted to go up to Canadian fans, just asking them to banter the opposition and they couldn't I find anyone willing that. to do it.
2: Yeah. yeah so. Copper 90, I believe at the last, at the last yes. World Cup in France, couldn't, they were like, oh no, that's not how we talk about our position where we try and, you know, we, we, you know, we cheer for our team and hope that you have a good time. I was like, oh, what a world. Like Perfect. Canada has a law where if you get in a car accident and you apologize, it's not a, it's not an admission of fault. Um, so like, it, there's a, there's a top legal tip for you if you ever get in a car accident: don't say sorry, um, unless you're in Canada where it is legally allowed.
0: Yeah. Ah, oh dear. Well, um, yeah, they are the Olympic champions, and you know everyone's looking forward to see them play. We, by God. A lot of Woso fans in this country, like really hoping you'd assume this would be Christine Sinclair's last World Cup if she if she does indeed get here in July. But yeah, Yeah. just hope people sort it out because it's pretty much pretty ridiculous. Now, that was the bad news, and it wasn't multiple items of bad news this week, thankfully. But uh yeah, on to better things with the A-Leagues launching the inaugural pride celebration round. Now um in the Beyond 90 Slack before we recorded, um Cheryl did what I like to call doing a Stefan Mobus, where she didn't participate, but she wanted to dictate what we discuss. That's okay, Cheryl. It's okay when you do it as well, Stefan. But yeah, she... Uh, I like her first question. We could discuss more, the more important things later, but Cheryl, will there be merch? I hope so. My bank account hopes not.
2: Hmm. Well, I mean, hmm. especially considering you're going overseas in a week. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, yes.
2: Uh, it's It's... I mean... What can you say how good yeah. like to to steal a turn of phrase um it's it's fantastic i'm I'm thoroughly looking forward to it um if there is merch oh I mean payday is tomorrow so if I am looking gaunt next week I have not eaten I've lost a lot of weight because I've spent all my money on pride merch
1: well, I mean I think the only jerseys we've seen have been like the victory and Adelaide, so I and I haven't looked at their shops, so I don't know if they're selling. But then, even though I mean, it is a whole Pride round, so but I'm I haven't I'm not sure if I've seen any other clubs, yeah. um, release anything unless I've missed something. But I definitely haven't seen anything from Brisbane Raw. But yeah, absolutely, it would be fantastic to see, um, Pride specific merch, you know, across across all of the games.
0: Yeah, I want a rainbow armband. Yeah. That would be. Fantastic. they
2: are they are putting out rainbow armbands is my understanding similar to uh what was used oh, where did i see it it must have been in the dub recently i saw, a, yeah, I saw a, it yeah like armband. the
1: honeycomb sort of design yep. one yep. yeah, yeah yeah yep uh,
2: yeah. i'm just having a quick look at the i know sydney have said that they're obviously supporting it um which is probably important considering that that's where world pride is this year mm-hmm. uh and Yeah, just having a look, $1 from every ticket sold will go to Pride Cups Community Fund to support community clubs in their own Pride event. Make sure queer people feel accepted, included, and proud of who they are. Uh, No merch on this link, Sydney FC, come on. What are we all doing here?
1: Make it happen. I must say the raw call, we we did do Pride scarves a, a couple of seasons ago and they went like hotcakes so um i think yeah. they're missing a trick as well yeah um, yeah i can't
2: understand uh like it's, it 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 baffles the mind that it has taken this long for the w league specifically to have a pride around mm-hmm. um, absolutely the men's we have competition. Us. yes yes exactly like the men's mm-hmm. competition i can understand uh that there's not necessarily as much visibility in terms of the queer community i remember that uh sydney had a queer or a, a queer fan group uh a while ago which i don't know whether it still exists uh, for the men's team but yeah i mean like you know the the dub obviously has such a proud history of supporting and including queer players and and kind of being out uh out there pardon the pun um in terms of its uh very proud support for these players um all the way back to Cambri United wearing those rain wonderful rainbow socks in about 2009 um and yeah as i said i mean it, it it's it's sad that it's taken this long but at least it's here yeah
0: and um so so normally i just love like criticizing people and just you know firing off bullets left right and center but um the thing with, we all want um pride kits i want to buy all the pride kits but uh my understanding is that um if you do want a kit out of shall we say the template that you usually get um it take can take up to 18 months so i feel yeah. like i feel like maybe next Round will be the one where we can see
2: where we can have our choice of pride kits but it's I mean, actually a, quite a hard time the, the v on the kit it's right there they already have a nice indigenous training yep. jersey yes make it happen yep uh i'm gonna drive past the isc head Headquarters in Redfern, and tell them how I feel.
0: Yep, yeah, yep. you do that, and um, tell them, tell them that I also agree with you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yes,
2: I appreciate your support in this matter.
0: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so hopefully, I mean, uh, the turnaround on time I've said, of course, applies to Jersey. So hopefully, they can get all kinds of other things because I'm sure I do. I'm sure if they whatever they can get to have on sale in terms of pride merchandise for these um games it would be just like printing money so yeah uh that's that's my thoughts let's move on there's more good news and more good news for friend of beyond 90 Lani Johnson who by the way played in the aforementioned challenge cup game where caitlin munior scored with the back heel because she is part of the first intake for the r game women and non-binary persons in media program i think we've spoken quite a few times about you know just the need to have initiatives like this to build diversity in football media because uh if those of you being in the media box um um, Dale and I can attest to this, like the gender diversity isn't uh, really there uh, for football in this country, so good to yeah. see Football Australia backing that. Uh, just Madge, I just what, what, wanted to know firstly, what thoughts did you have on uh, this? Because a couple of... It, um, yeah, there's one yeah of course. I mean,
1: I, uh, yeah, look, I, I love it. And I, I'm just going to reiterate, Right, I think, what we talked about when it actually was first announced. Um uh, the need for diversity in media is absolutely there because I'm sick of hearing the same old cliched things over and over and over again when it comes to a lot of sports media and and you know one of one of I think the best ways to um to kick that trend is to um, diversify diversify the the voices that you've got um telling the story so really important um, and really looking forward to uh you know what this intake of. Of players, uh, or oh, sorry, ex- well, I, I go players because I'm seeing Annabelle Martin there, yeah. who I am assuming is the Annabelle Martin. It is, it is indeed Annabelle, Annabelle Martin, Martin. the
0: tough, oh, the tough tackling um, former Gong Matilda, yes, <laughs> scourge of wingers um, up and down the country. Correct.
1: Yeah, so yeah, it's fantastic to see, uh, you know, a fantastic array of uh, of talent get get this opportunity. Mm.
2: Yeah.
0: Dale, anything anything to add? Or I mean could just talk about Annabel Martin. Box.
2: <laughs> please diversify the media box, please. Yeah, I beg of you. Yes, please.
0: Uh yes. So of course, Annabel Martin. I lovely surprised to see her name on the list. Obviously, we know her as a footballer, but she's um looking to uh, expand um her array of talents and of course thinking about, you know, life after football, which all which it's great that players are doing it, doing that even at Annabelle's early age. Also, Hayley Routley, media personality in South Australia. Good to see her. I have mentioned um, Lani Johnson, who wrote a couple, a few articles for us a few years ago. She's made the move to Victoria, and her glow-up continues because um, it's not just that, but she's also a key part of the Bullying Lions NPL team. Um, also, shout-out to Emma Burke, um, author of The Greatest Tweet of All Time. Uh, I can't really elaborate. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it'll be a challenge for you to figure it out <laughs> uh. <laughs> anyway so um yes let's let's talk about the upcoming international window because um plenty of action on uh, both sides of the tasman let's make take advantage of um and Matilda's active support member being here madge the cup of nations go on <laughs>
2: Thank you for reminding us (laughs) that there was a football tournament happening.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I, and I think I said off air, like I'm, I'm, I've got it in front of mind because I have to get all of my work done in the next two days uh, Hmm. because of the week that I'm taking off to, to come down and of course see the cup of nations uh, where we, we're going to see the Matildas take on uh, Czechia, uh, Jamaica and Spain. So not in that order, sorry, Spain are in the middle. And then Jamaica, the, the, the third game in Newcastle. So Really looking forward to it um, really looking forward to to seeing what the Matildas are going to put out, especially given that, you know Tony has talked about wanting to use it as as a test for how they might approach um, the group stages of of the World Cup. Um, maybe um, not quite the order of games um, that that we're going to see in the strength of the teams. Um, so but, yeah, Really looking forward to see the the types of lineups and what sort of combinations we might get to see. Uh, And most of all, I'm looking forward to just catching up with all of our pals at pregame. So um, quick shout out to the pregame venues. Uh, In Gosford for the first game, we're going to be at Hotel Gosford. Second game in Sydney uh, or in Parramatta, we're going to be at the Bullpack Hotel. And then uh, in Newcastle, we're going to be at Sunnyside Tavern. So come and say hi before the game. I'm sure after the game as well, um, there'll be some catch-ups back, back there. So can't wait. Yep. Yeah.
0: And if you, um, if you see Dale, wish him a happy birthday.
2: Yeah, buy me a beer. Yes.
0: Okay. All right. This is much better than Turning Dale promising tables. to buy other people beers. This is... Yes. This, Never yeah. We're yeah. doing it the correct way around <laughs> this time.
2: Uh, fun fact, the Woolpack Hotel is one of the oldest pubs in Sydney. And thus one hmm. of the oldest pubs in Australia. First built in 1796, Uh, which is about how old I feel at the moment. But anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Um, My, like, I have a lot of questions going into this, I mean, tournament is a bit, you know, a little bit kind, Uh, but it it is going to be interesting seeing how the team backs up with three games in six days for one, Um, but also how they deal with playing Spain after that, what happened last time. (laughs) Um, I think we've got a few players who are in a bit better form. They're still without Alexia Puteas, who is up for the golden uh, up for the Thief of the Best award this year again, despite not really playing
1: Inexplicably.
2: Yeah. Um it's uh yeah, I think it's gonna be interesting. I'm really uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how Czechia play. I watched mm. them a few years ago play Iceland in a playoff uh to go to the Euros and I wasn't unimpressed, which for a team that is kind of outside, I believe outside the top 40 in world football is kind of um, refreshing. It's good that the, 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 lower ranked teams are uh, kind of, as I've always said, a rising tide lifts all boats. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. They're without one of their best players in uh, Barbara Vodokoba, um their goalkeeper, who's uh, still out with an ACL um, but, yeah, really looking forward to these. And we might even get to see Jamaica's new uh, kits, which were launched oh, last week. Yeah, uh,
1: that'd be nice. Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate great, that we're not jacket. going to see... Yeah, it's really unfortunate we're not going to see Bunny Shaw, who um, unfortunately sort of mm-hmm. announced that she w- wasn't going to be coming out. So, um, yeah. I mean, that's
2: it's a long way.
0: Yeah. It, it is I a mean, long way. and um, It's
2: literally the other side of the world.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> commiserations to our friend of Beyond It, Kieran Yap, who is. Yeah, not, he's very sad that he will not get to see Bunny Shaw, but mm. ah, of course, I did mention uh, both sides of the Tasman, because I uh, will be one of the people in New Zealand for the FIFA Women's World Cup qualification inter-confederation playoffs, rolls off the tongue beautifully that now, of <laughs> course, uh, fingers crossed that, you know, the weather you know cooperates, and we end up being able to play this tournament as scheduled in Auckland and Hamilton but Ah, uh, yeah, just I think it's going to be fascinating. We're going to see a bunch of country. We're going to see a, a couple of a few countries make their dreams come true, and I'm just looking forward to seeing seven games in seven days, and Hamilton. And it's not all competitive. A couple of friendly games as well. New Zealand against Portugal and New Zealand against Argentina. Um, will I will I go behind the New Zealand bench and harass harass them until they bring Mackenzie Barry on? Well, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, yes. Also, I just well, Going off on a tangent, but I will also be hanging around, going back to Auckland for um, there, I've forgotten the month already. February twenty sixth game, welling that Wellington against Sydney FC. So that, I'm really looking forward to all this, uh-huh. and fingers crossed that I can actually get there. And that you know, yeah, the look, Cyclones, I, I'm,
1: oh, yeah, I'm
0: just stays away from
2: land.
1: Yeah, I'm also tentatively looking at an away day for Wellington but i don't know if my bank bank account can afford it this year but it is very very tempting now that we've got Wellington playing at home
0: yes actual, mm. sure. yeah and it'll be good uh, because i have technically seen a Wellington home game in Wollongong just like i've technically seen Perth home games but for a similar reason. Mm-hmm. but i'd love to see it action like a, a one in new zealand ah uh, so i suppose that would be oh no actually before i forget we'll do the dub action in a minute but the Young Matilda squad was announced, so off the back of the senior tillies and uh, junior tillies being announced la- last week. The young Matilda's had a camp that is today, Monday the 13th, at the t- uh, time that we recorded, runs through to the 20th of February, so next Monday. And yeah, I just wanted to maybe, Madge, you can go first. Have you had a chance to look at the squad, and who stands out for you? Because um, I assume you'd be familiar with Ella O'Grady.
1: Yeah. Ella O'Grady. She actually scored a couple of goals, I think for, I think it was Ella, um, for the QAS on the weekend. Mm -hmm. So, um, she's obviously in some, some great form. Zara Kruger as well. She, um, lines and also playing for the raw this season. She's been getting some great minutes off, off the bench for the raw and, and even a couple of starts, I think when, um, uh, towards the beginning of the season. So, um, and then Jonty Fisher, who uh, yeah, again, I just remember her from a fantastic shot from the um, and goal from the sidelines in one of the QAS games uh, last season. So um, I think that's it for the Queenslanders, the three. But um, yeah, great to see them get their their call up. And um, yeah, but overall, just yeah, wow, just a fantastic looking squad.
0: Yeah, and uh, Dale, like I mean. I think I may have mentioned in a group chat that basically like this is I don't even know where to look with this squad, so i'll, I'll yeah. let you go first, and I'll just fill in the gaps.
2: There's so much going on with this, yeah. um, and there's it's so good to see that there's so many players who are getting like dub minutes uh you know we've seen Shay Holman come on in leaps and bounds this year, Sasha Grove's been fantastic, she was really good for Canberra on the weekend, Chloe Lincoln's been getting minutes all the time. Uh just having a quick look through here. Santa cerveca could be getting more minutes. Dungeon Flooddy got a run uh, last weekend against uh, City. There wasn't a huge amount of minutes, but, you know, she's in and around. Um, and Alexia Apostolakis, I believe, started for Wanderers so on did, the so weekend. Getting bit,
0: racking up the starts as well. Yeah,
2: right? getting a, lo- a bunch of minutes. And it's. Um, I'm, I'm glad that these players, A, are getting picked up at, at a young age and, and playing uh, good minutes into the in the in the dub, but also that there's, there's still this space for Academy and kind of NPL products, as you were saying, John T. Fisher is a QAS. And then I think there was uh, another QAS. Yeah. Eleanor Grader, who's a QAS as well. And then there's a couple from a couple in that uh, New South Wales NPL. So yeah, it's a, you know, it's, it's a good squad. It is a strong team. It's... um, And they've got a, they've got some, uh, they've got qualification in what, like four weeks? March, uh, yeah, less than in, four weeks. Yeah. yeah, in Kyrgyzstan, I believe. So that'll be Kyrgyzstan. interesting.
0: Kyrgyzstan. So um, I don't know, because I'm looking at the bottom of this article. They're listed only for two games against um, Guam and Kyrgyz Republic. So don't know. I believe there was a third game. I wondered maybe if that's it just... It was
2: the-, the Northern Mariana Islands. Yeah. Uh, Gu- we got against. Guam
0: and the Northern Mariana Islands. So um
2: I know, right? We, we're really <laughs> racking up the... Uh, eastern or oh, western pacific american territories. yeah that's
0: uh, <laughs> yes it's it's um you know uh two answers to that kind of a somewhat obscure trivia question fifa members that aren't you know independent sovereign nations. yes that and, is good that is a good and point on mm. uh more personal note uh two two um, territories with a large um uh, filipino diaspora speaking of shout out to all our filipino listeners alexia Apostolakis is still with australia for for now at least unlucky um <laughs> yeah, now uh they yeah that's so they're actually going to play um games against western united and melbourne city so all of their players will keep active in the international window and also just like you mentioned Kurdistan. i'd like to remember shout out to jessica nash who one feels too old to be part of this group but is not born in 2004 but also jessica nash um, was the captain when the uh junior tillies went to Kurdistan in 2018 and she was still mm. only 13 years old. But so, yeah, so she's amazing. She's a teenager. She's going to be an Australian teenager teacher who will have been to Kyrgyzstan twice. That's... Um, uh, I'm
2: just having um, a look at Kyrgyzstan's Wikipedia. Uh, national Anthem is called National Anthem of the Kyrgyz Republic. Good one. Uh,
0: yeah, that's, that's that's like how um, the Chinese national sporting teams, their nickname is Team China. Thanks. Team
2: China, yes. Yes, very
0: good. Okay, so shout out. I mean, okay, so... Well, one of the um, members of the squad we'll talk about in great length when we discuss Wanderers versus Wellington. But uh, yeah, speaking of non-dub players, shout out to futsal superstars Tegan Bertolissio and Maya Lobo, who, uh, yeah, it's good to see they're looking outside the dub as well. And um, I like the Mary Stanish, Floody shout out, Dale, because I think she's going to be a star. She's still only 16. Not far away. Or maybe it's just turned 17, but she's just absolutely brilliant. And uh, yeah, I I think they... She's kind of would get more game time than she's she's already getting decent minutes. She'd get more game time it were it not for that to completely stack Sydney FC score, But I'm sure yeah. Mary will find a way. And Sienna Saveska as well, because she's been getting very late sub-appearances for the Wanderers. So uh, it's a chance for her to possibly play full games. Um, well there's gonna it. be
2: 20 more players playing in New South Wales W league teams next year, so yep. Uh yes, so when- able to play in New South Wales see as central coast will basically be yes yep
0: um yeah it's good to see uh carly johnson from uh, sydney's northern beaches getting another call up uh yeah that's that's it and um we'll link to the article so you we'll link to article so you can um uh, send me abuse for missing your favorite player or your daughter whoever it may be um so yeah (laughs) finally let's talk about the dub and start with the game uh last wednesday and a shock western united nil newcastle jets 2 i watched this like i couldn't quite believe it but uh, there it is the western united again brilliant but not infallible and the jets a really good performance from them and i, I think if i imagine they i don't know how much you saw of it but i think they, i thought they deserved the win
1: yeah absolutely i thought they were were really good and and more than anything i just think it's great that they they get something out of this horrendous three-game trip that they've got uh, this was the first of um you know or was it the middle? I can't remember. But, yeah, a pretty horrendous um, schedule that um, that they've had, um, given all the postponements of games happening. So great to see them get something out of it.
2: Yeah. So you yeah.
0: will. Yep. Oh, sorry, Dale, were you going to say something?
2: No, I was going to say Newcastle were well worth the win in this one. They could have had a third. I think Ash Brodigan missed a chance quite mm-hmm. early on. She beat the, went around the keeper and then put it wide to the left. Uh, Taryn King shakes the monkey off the back Uh finally gets her first National League goal and she sheds the tag of being the player with the most outfield player with the most appearances without scoring uh, as we discussed Liz Ralston still the all-time leader unfortunately but yeah. she's not signed this year uh, and well she hasn't played this year either. and uh, yeah Taryn King was on I believe 58 it might have been 58 appearances without scoring and the next mm-hmm. highest is 53 and uh, this and more in my weekly podcast, Useless Stats. You'll never need to know. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I love a useless stat. Um, but, you know, Western United, they handled the short turnaround well. Uh, wait, was that game played in Ballarat before we move on? It was. It was. It was so Newcastle got the mega stitch up of not just the intersect way, but I, look, in Ballarat.
1: The w, the, w, the w Jets put up a, a graphic of the three games and um, basically, so all. All these players are having to take time off work um, to to do this. So basically, they are at Ballarat, over to Perth, um, and then I think, um, and then there's another third game um, within quick six, six, uh, succession. So, uh, you know, a pretty, a pretty not a, not a great um, schedule for them this past week. Yeah.
2: Today I learned that Newcastle to Ballarat is a direct flight. I Ooh. had no idea. That's on- only. Only ninety eight dollars, according to Rome to Rio. Wow. thank you, Rome to Rio. <laughs> Uh <laughs> Yeah, places, both places that God forgot. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, that is quite interesting. And then, yeah, as you said, off to Perth, and then what's their third, their third game? What do they have on? Sorry,
1: those? let me let me look up the, look up the. <laughs> tw- I've
2: thrown a span in the works. Sorry,
1: <laughs> I, should, I should have looked it up beforehand. Uh, They've got
2: Perth, and then uh, who knows uh they they did do
1: like a very useful graphic just to show us how bad it was so so sunday the fifth um oh so yeah so this this was the last of the trip so on sunday the fifth it was um they were in canberra um and then then the wednesday the 8th they were in ballarat and then um sunday the 12th in perth so i don't think they bothered going back to to newcastle over over that stretch Mm. they just um popped from um from city to city uh or town to town um, to, to do that schedule. So yeah, it's, and you know, other teams have had these um, bad schedules as well, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a little bit more difficult sometimes when when, like Newcastle airport doesn't always have the direct flights to, 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 to these places, and also they can be quite expensive. So yes, our the club's always penny pinching at the same time. So uh, yeah. a rough trot yeah. for them. So great to see that they were able to knock off um, the ladder leaders uh, in the middle. I can of only
2: that. imagine that they were on a bus to Canberra, which would have been five hours of uh, extreme displeasure.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's um. So th- thanks for reminding. Uh, thanks for reminding me of that. I will embed their Instagram posts so that um people can see. Uh, what match is talking about? Because it's yeah, that's that's not good scheduling. But I mean, well, that I think that was a rescheduled game because of um yeah. the heat in the late December. Yeah. But even mm-hmm. so, that's um that's not a good slot for for the Jets. At least they got a win now. But uh, speaking of getting a win, Western United did um, turn it around and defeated Melbourne City by two goals to one on Saturday. Dale, did you have a chance to get a look at that?
2: I have not. Um, but okay. i do know that angie beard got a 93rd minute yellow card which i can only assume was for kicking the ball away i uh, it it uh,
0: it uh that um warms my uh filipino soul to think that she was exploiting yes i i hope i, I hope so, so. I, yeah i or, or or like or you know she had a throw and, and she just stood there until she got booked yeah like one of those ones i don't i don't <laughs> want walking, to i don't want to touch anyone and just get yeah, something like that
2: Yeah. We want uh, harmless fun in these
1: yeah. games. I mean, Western on, United I mean, I, now I,
2: now, three, now five points clear as well. Just for the record. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah, and I mean, but on that, I mean, I I didn't see the game either. But um, it's Melbourne City. Uh, yeah, they're a bit up and down, um, and aren't, it's, it'll be interesting. I, mean, I think they've they've managed to rack up a fair few points, so I think they're fairly comfortably in the four at the moment, but. Um, yeah, they'd want to be turning around their form um, to be... Because, yeah, at the moment, if you're just thinking about the form teams, they're probably mm. not ones you one of the ones you'd have high on the list at the moment.
2: No. They're, they're eight points. Clear, clear. So Canberra in the, uh fifth with the game in hand. They're on 17. Uh, Sydney have two games in hand on 24. Victory between the two of them on 22. And then Melbourne City. So Melbourne City are eight points clear of Canberra. So... There's only another five. It would take a spectacular collapse for them not to make the finals. But with Dario Videsic in charge, nothing Ooh. is out of the question because oh, they were hopeless against Sydney. I'll tell you that right now. Yes. Uh, and, yeah, as you say, I I don't want to see them. Like, they play nice football when they play well. But, man, they play some absolutely shocking football when they're not playing well.
0: Ah uh, yes, because it, it it's been a while since we've um slandered the Vitich the family
2: and their coaching ability. Yeah. But
0: thanks thanks Dale for reminding us of uh look, reminding the people I, of one of the more obscure B podcasts. I
2: am just I am to serve. That is like you know, I even one hundred with you and you know, he's uh yeah, they he they, they looked they looked completely out of sorts against Sydney. Polichina just didn't look like she had any any support at all and um yeah, I wonder how much, as you say uh, Western losing that game against Newcastle kind of kind of put the fire under them to to uh yeah. to beat City as well. Yeah.
0: Also, shout out to City coming signed as a defender. Her first, her winning goal from the penalty spot, I think. Mm. Um, her fourth goal of the season in only thirteen games. So, you know, uh, making an impact at both ends of the field. And yeah. I think she did it late, just like she got that late equalizer against away to Adelaide in that game with Western United ending mm. up winning. So you know, that's that's been a great work by Mark Tocaso there. Now uh, moving on to a game uh, close to Maggis Heart. Brisbane won, victory one. And yes, yeah, so well do we will we talk about the football oh, or will we talk about the heat?
1: Well, we'll just complain again about the heat. Because I mean, to be honest, it was it was one of those ones where again we played in some pretty stupid heat um back at Perry Park, um, uh, no longer having those sea breezes. Um, and the only upside I can say about the heat is thank. Goodness, it was the game, the game was on Saturday and not on Sunday. Saturday it was, I think, around about 34 degrees uh with the disgusting humidity. Uh yesterday and today it has been 3738 in Brisbane. It like it it, it would have been unplayable, I think, yeah. um, if it had been a day later. Uh, but as it stood, um both teams looked, you know, really looked affected. By the conditions they were playing in. It, it was it was a messy game. Uh, probably, I mean, the, the highlight, I mean, Shea Connors getting a wonderful goal mm-hmm. and like as a, an immediate response to um, the victory um penalty, which you know it was a messy one to concede for Brisbane. But um, but yeah, wonderful uh you know foot footwork and uh sort of snatching shot by by Shea Connors to um to draw level again. Uh the only other huge highlight for me was um uh, and to be honest, if it had, had had gone, if it had been a goal, my life would have been complete. Uh, Jesse Rashart attempting a bicycle kick uh, at the death of the um, of the fir- first half. Uh, if that had gone in, uh, following her like first goal uh, um, in the previous game, uh, I just would have been in in seventh heaven. It was um it was fantastic to see the attempt. Um, she a, but yeah. She's a
2: very unwieldy human, Jess Rashart. I remember yeah. she runs like like a windmill um so I can only imagine what her bicycle kick uh would have looked like in person
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was great it was wonderful I loved it I loved it um and then yeah of course so yeah the, the story of the rest of the game yeah really the heat um so you know in, in the raw call we started singing hot 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 at the drinks mm. breaks, um, which and I must say, because we we were close to the victory bench, um, I think the 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 victory bench players looked up with a bit of a um, a wry smile. Uh, I don't think anyone was happy uh, at that ground on Saturday about the conditions um, that the mm. game was being played in.
0: Yeah, and so Dale, I'll throw it to you next, because as we alluded to at the top of the show, your beloved Canberra United. Um, provided late drama, some Mckellar Park magic, and beat Sydney FC two one. That's the first time we oh. Sydney FC in a while, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, hot, ah. hot minute. Um, I was I was pretty impressed with the way that Canberra kind of managed the game. To be perfectly honest, um, I didn't expect a lot out of this. Uh, not that I live in hope. Uh, whenever we play Sydney, but yeah, I was really impressed. Um. The goal that Heyman scored in the first half was just super well taken. Like I mentioned this off mic to Eric that Jadawaman just, you know, stuck there like a shag on a rock and just watched it roll into the, into the, uh, into the far corner. There wouldn't have been much. She could have done about it. Um, Sydney's goal. What are you going to do? And yeah, the the goal that Amber scored right at the death, obviously uh, we, we love her. You didn't want her. Ellie is- Brush. <laughs> uh retains the retains the statistic of the highest scoring defender in yeah. W League history and did it all with that ridiculous hat thing that she wears. Um yeah, it was a great game. Um as I said, was just really impressed with the way that that Canberra managed it. It did uh look quite warm down there. Um I, I wasn't aware of the temperature, but yeah. yeah, it did look quite warm. I'm fairly sure they had drinks breaks, but I, I can't quite recall. Was it but yeah, uh, oh. I think Canberra are gonna be I don't know. I, I can't see them making the finals this year. Um they are they are much better to watch up top this year than they were last year. And I feel like they're also a lot more defensively sturdy than they were last year. They have a much higher average age and obviously they've got brush there at the back kind of guiding things around. I still have a few questions over Chloe Lincoln's uh Chloe Lincoln's defensive uh decision making in terms of kicking the ball into role of but, you know, we all make mistakes and she's only young. She's got plenty of time to kind of grow into this, grow into the the decision-making.
0: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, love. yes, as someone who's uh, been at the stadium for Ellie Brush scoring twice against a former club, but that was in Sydney Derbies when she scored for Sydney against the Wanderers. Good to see it's happened again. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Now... Uh, onto Sunday's games, more ridiculous hot weather. Western Sydney Wanderers won, Wellington Phoenix nil, and technically the home team—um, what home team was Western Sydney Wanderers? But really, the home team was Claudia Chico's family. Claudia Chico. Yeah. Uh, pre-game when they read the lineups, got oh, just before the game, got a bigger cheer than the Wanderers, which is warms my heart. And yeah, just yeah, but again, I, I remember I was actually talking to uh, both of her parents after the game, and it was. It's just, yeah, we everyone's saying the same thing. It's what's already been said. The Heat was ridiculous. No one could play their full game. Claudia's full of energy, was playing it right back. Normally, she'd get um up and down the touchline all game, but um she was played much more conservatively as she had to and then was mm-hmm. subbed, I think, on 77 mm-hmm. minutes. Uh, congratulations to Sophie Harding, who um <clears throat> a listener of this podcast um actually messaged me during the week and said, oh, I was listening to, I heard that Sophie Harding has an Irish passport. I'm like, well, thank you i didn't realize i i feel like my maybe my brand is going to be too far now but anyway
2: you have a strong you have too strong a, a brand, it, is, yeah. it is a
0: very strong brand but that, thank but seriously thanks to that listener no. and uh yeah just uh, sophie harding you know known for being like the road runner of the dub but also actually very good in the air scored quite a few headed goals in npl mm. and um yeah really i jumped the whole wellington defense to score what would be the only goal of the game Ah, uh, yeah but just like i was there i was i uh, had fun with um a few uh, friends of the pod, like uh, Megan Borg and uh, Tommy, but and uh, oh Michelle Morris and uh, Rose from of Ladies League fame were also there. That I had I had fun with that, but just yet yeah, we we're saying it every week. Like the product's better if um you played it at a, mm. at some kind of vaguely humane time for football. Yeah.
2: So I was I was uh yeah. I was impressed with uh the way that Wellington this game to be perfectly honest. I thought that they would have been a lot more reactive, but they looked looked to play a little bit, which I think was kind of uh kind of good to see. But I mean, if you you kind of trying to mark a thoroughbred in, in Sophie Harding, you've kind of got to sit back a little bit. And yeah. um I mean Chico was a good example of that. Also um uh, impressed that uh Marisa Vandermeer <laughs> got collected by Brianna Edwards in the second half, got up and Stayed down for a little bit and then kind of brushed herself, brushed herself off and, and got on with it, which is which is really good to see. And yeah, as you said, um, Harding's Harding's goal was just like... It wasn't that she was poorly marked. It's just that she just, as you said, just literally jumped, jumped higher and with better timing than everyone. And yeah, she was like a giraffe in the field. Um, she was untouchable. Um, but yeah, it was a, a good win for Wanderers. Also, again, please put some form of... like protection on the back of these uh these player dugouts i saw their cat smith wearing oh, yeah. a fantastic sunglasses b no hat but like it's they're all wearing black it's 35 degrees out there you know yeah. give them some form of, can we get those big truck uh windscreen shields Ooh. some of them from do we have an or do we have an automotive sponsor in the a-league it, is there it, it, can some enterprising
0: club, some enterprising <laughs> A-League's corporate department strike up a deal? Because uh... all they
2: need is just wheat paste and tin foil. Look, I am available for a consulting role yes. if anybody needs me.
0: Yeah, I I and I, I, I would suggest all 11 dub teams or 12 next season with Central Coast Mariners ta- please contact Dale because I'm um, here yeah. and they place. should ship
1: those little the little misty things that a lot of restaurants have oh yes they actually really should I'm not even kidding yeah. they should they have absolutely. them at the cricket
2: they yeah. have them at the cricket at the PBL Like there's no reason that they, I mean, there is a reason because they cost money. Um, But like last time I was up in Brisbane, I was at Howard Howard Street Wharves and there were, there are like these long, like old school clear ropes with clear hoses with just mist coming out of them. Mm -hmm. In in Brisbane, when it's already 300% humidity, it is not helping me sweat anymore. In fact, it is upping the humidity, but (laughs) uh, at Rudy Hill, it probably would have been very helpful. Yep.
0: Yeah, so yeah, but uh the the, the famed prospect reservoir breeze, just, breeze didn't quite materialize no. for that game, but so yeah, it wasn't very pleasant. Mm. Um also we did mention you didn't want us earlier. Um Isabel Gomez almost had a chance late on to score oh. against the world club. Oh my I got so excited. And then I can't the, the believe the she tackle. hit the
2: post. Yeah. That the save from Bloomer right at the end was yeah, fantastic. It, yeah, it was it was completely forgot about that.
0: Yeah, just um possi- Jordan Bloomer, who by the way had another great game, possibly mm. unsighted. Body weight would have been going the other way. Millie Clegg, who another impressive Wellington player, by the way, um, just you know, kind of tried to do the eyes, body shape towards the far post and hook it back to the near post, and Bloomer, yeah, um, with a save that's um, you know protected the win and, uh, and you know really got the Wanderers in a sense of next. Ninety-eight
2: minutes that game yes. plus uh, first half, so a hundred minutes in that uh, game they were out therefore.
0: there for. <sighs> yeah. So yeah, onto the final game. I've dale seen at least a little bit of this. It's Perth Glory for Newcastle Jets nil, Given the scheduling that we just talked about, this was pretty much going to happen. But, you know, Perth have still got to go, go out there and get the job done. And that's what Alex Apakis' side did.
2: Mm. Uh, I, I was surprised having, having had a look back at this, seeing how dominant Newcastle were in terms of possession, passing shots, shots on target, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, yeah, Perth just deadly in front, in front of goal. Uh, only six shots on target, four goals. Um, Hinson with another two, but yeah, as you say, Eric, it's kind of it's it's a uh, sad is the wrong word. Unfortunate is the right word yeah. that that Newcastle have to go over there and get flogged like this. Yeah, it's
0: um yeah so. So i have got a lost, lost track of my pod notes and uh, oh yeah, that's right. Adelaide had the buy, which meant they um, scored the same amount of goals as they usually do on a weekend. That's...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of teams, of Speaking
2: of teams out of form. I know oh no, We've all uh, just
1: given up on lane. It's yeah, like, it's, it's, nah, we, we, I, I held out hope for so long. I'm yeah, sorry, Adelaide, I'm that's, that's just, the scene
2: in the scene in America's next top model. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah, I just I was so I loved watching them so much last season, but um, <laughs> I towards the end of the season, I did hear some very wise words uh from Friend of Beyond 90 in college, Matilda's head honcho, Lucky France, and I, now I realize just how true they were. Eric, you don't support Adelaide United, you support Matilda McNamara. I'm like, yeah, you're right, yeah, I you do. support I, just, I would <laughs> go
2: so far as to say you just support chaos. Uh, yeah. <laughs> their last win was the 17th of December of last year against Wellington in Wellington, well,
0: yes, and uh, we do not talk about that the goal from that game so let's move on yes I don't know what you're talking
2: about yeah
0: yeah um so uh us just a brief wrap before I just talk about my highlights from Aussies abroad did anyone else catch anything or
1: I didn't catch anything but all all I can say is that that, that's the wild ride for Mackenzie Arnold from going from a player of the match um, performance I think last week to having seven put by her uh, mm-hmm. against Chelsea in the Conti Cup semi-final. But yeah. anyway. Oh
2: she did not look like she wanted to be out there. Yeah, that's... Yeah, um,
0: yeah. and uh, she, of course, you would have known Sam Kerr for a long time and that would have stung. And um, uh, do, you, do we think Sam, Sam Kerr is the kind of person to, to rub it in at Matilda's game?
2: I hope she offered to swap shirts at the end of the game, to be honest. <laughs> 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 oh, my oh, my God.
0: Oh, dear. Oh dear. But yeah, oh. see that Chelsea winning seven away um at home against um one of your local rivals. love to see it. And uh, the, yeah, that that weird kind of two part series with Arsenal and Man City. Arsenal defeated them in the Conti Cup, so it's an Arsenal, Chelsea Conti Cup final and then manchester city got their revenge in the league defeating arsenal two goals to one but yes uh i suppose one of my main takeaways uh blacktown zone courtney nevin with an assist as leicester city beat liverpool by goal to nil that was a way so i assume that was a printon park yeah nice um variation of uh, the corner routine instead of lofting it into the middle like uh, hopefully you can find the footage somewhere she kind of played Played it low to the edge of the box, where a player made that arcing run away from the Liverpool defence. So something clearly Leicester had worked on. Had worked on, and uh, we know about Courtney Devon's set piece delivery. Good to see that's being taken advantage of. Uh, what else were there? Oh, I mean, well, I mean, fair is fair. If we're going to talk about Aussie goalkeepers, I think Lydia Williams first uh, start for Brighton, I think, and uh, Cop six. Against Aston Villa, there's, there's yeah, six no. two. Mm-hmm. It's, um, but
1: but good yeah. to see the game time. That's what you want, want to see the the
0: yeah.
2: Which is more it's important. the most important part,
0: Yep. And also, um, it what also more game time for what Madge likes to call lost Aussies. Rebecca Stott got uh, seventy four minutes in that game. Ah, uh, what's what else? Uh just oh yeah. Um, in Scotland, just sit to Galabatarachi, um uh, bagged a goal against uh, the Spartans. You'll have to see it. So Celtic beat them three nil in the league, and um, yeah, Celtic also. Had a fairly easy fourth round cup win against the wonderfully named Boromir Thistle. I'd know nothing about them, but that. Yes, yeah, Scottish football has some great club Scottish
2: names. football on the BBC, uh, whenever they do the round the grounds, is fantastic. Oh yeah, like just <laughs> very so... old, very eighteen seventy teams names. Yes.
0: Ah, <laughs> um, before we do Queens of the Week, ah, uh, Madge, you mentioned NPL Queensland is back. That really caught me out because I thought, um, I thought, um. NPL New South Wales was starting early on March the 12th, but your comp starting in February, which is yeah, that completely shocked by that. Stefan's going to be yeah, shocked no, as well because he his yeah, comp starts in April. I
1: think. I think they're doing um three full rounds, ah, no. um so so that should be good. Lots of good football to see. Um, of course, um and no doubt across all of the NPL seasons in, in each state, there's probably going to be a little bit of um scheduling. Uh, up and down because of course lions uh olympic uh and then um oh well perry park doesn't count um but in then in the fqpl for spencer park they're all going to be fifa venues so i think we're going to see lions and Mm -hmm. olympic um have a, a a stacked home home ground advantage to start the season uh, but also what's really interesting is, um, yeah, there are quite a few dub players that mm-hmm. that may well after the dub season's finished. Uh, and I'm I'm sure this is the same in New South Wales and mm-hmm. Victoria as well. It'd be really interesting to see where all these um, players might land across the respective um, teams. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. And it's, you know, talking about the dominant lions. Um, I, I, and I don't, I don't say it in a way to be at all critical of them because yeah, absolutely if, I mean, someone just has to be better and, and beat them. But um, having a, a few of their players being um, caught up to dub teams, it does make you wonder whether or not um, some of the other teams might be able to snatch a win off them early uh, in this season. So, but you know, they they still look pretty strong on the weekend in the game that I went to, which thankfully started at six, but even starting at six, it was pretty disgusting um, there in, with the heat, but yeah, really exciting season. And there's, you know, been a few players um moving between teams, which um always seems to happen. Uh like Meg McKellagut has been uh will be coming to Lions uh this season. Um uh Paloma uh Oliveira has moved from um South to Gold Coast, which um and Gold Coast, you know, lose losing a few players as well mm. to retirement. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out this season.
0: Yeah, and um, uh, I'd love someone to correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe, um, yeah, they these as dub players come back into their various NPL comps, well, they can't actually be registered yet. There's a window at which this happens. They can do this mm. after the dub season, of course, is finished. So, suppose technically they could sign whatever contract they want, but until it's registered, they could change their minds. Yeah. So, and be not been really. At
1: yeah, and there's not been anything announced, of course, and that yeah. that's probably yeah, all that's why, aligned with why, all of that yeah. sort of stuff. So yeah, so it's um, it's a bit of a guessing game as yeah. to and and that well that keeps it a little it keeps it intriguing because yeah. like who knows who knows how things might change when, when they all flood back into the NPL. Yes.
0: True, and um, yeah, mm. so um, that's why I know just to be. In NPL New South Wales, we've only had two preview articles out of our 14 clubs. That's why. Also, there's and there's players, they haven't decided yet. So, wait a second. Yeah, uh, uh, another
1: another thing I was thinking, and I don't at all mean it to like say the dub going to full home and away is a bad thing. It's absolutely, we want it. But it it does make you think about the players that are the fringe players and mm-hmm. some of the dub teams, because yep. uh, there's a few with the raw, I'm kind of like, well, oh, they they would be getting um, time now in, in the MPL Queensland. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, there, there'll be that balance there um, in mm-hmm. the squads and yep. Um, yep. maybe some interesting decisions for some players mm-hmm. to make as to you know what's the best path for their careers. Yeah, I'm um,
0: just thinking about that. Of course, there's spitballing here. We wonder how they'll do it, but um, of course as someone who has um, supported a team in English lower league football for a long time, although they're not, they're in the top tier for now. uh, Yeah. Like I know one of the greatest skills you can have in English lower league men's football is knowing how to utilize the loan market. So maybe you could have some system as that overlap gets longer where, uh, you know, players are loaned from, shall we say, maybe just to pull an example, Western Sydney Wanderers loan someone to RPL Icard or whatever. For the start mm-hmm. of the NPL season, but you know, mm-hmm. uh people um, much happen. higher pay yeah. grades than me um can decide that. But yeah, it's uh it's all about what's best for the player, and I think the, the more game time, the better. And that would be perhaps something that could help the fringe players, as Madge said. Ah, uh, yeah, so good. I, I love NPL discussion, didn't expect it, but yeah, we, we got we fit it in somehow. I think on to Queens of the Week then. Yeah, yeah. Good. yep, love it. So let's start with you. Uh Dale, uh, you always pick well, so who have you got?
2: Uh, my queen of the week is Jordan Nobbs. Uh scored Ooh, yeah. a hat-trick uh, for Aston Villa uh, after... I feel like she's only very recently signed there. Yeah, so... it's,
0: that's a mid-season move from... Uh, yeah, after mid-season being Arsenal signing from an ever, Arsenal, basically, yeah.
2: uh, And good to see her hit the ground running. Uh, decent front three of... Uh, well, I mean, it's kind of a front three. Um, but just having a look at their front three of... <laughs> Rachel Daly, Alicia Lehman, and uh they've also got Mac uh as I said, they've got Nobs kind of playing in behind there, Lucy Stan fourth, and yep. Zadali. Like that's a fairly good team. Yeah. Uh so no hate on Lydia getting uh yep. towered this week. Uh, but yeah, Jordan Nobs, three goals back on the pitch. Good to see. You.
0: Yep, and obviously, it, it's it had been the case in recent years that Jordan Nobbs had got less and less game time at Arsenal. She's such a popular player, so it's good to see her playing. Mm. And um, shout out to Aston Villa's manager, Dale. Remind me, Carla Ward.
2: Uh, no. yes, Carla Ward. Yeah, Carla yep. Ward
0: yeah, well, again, correct us if I'm wrong, but Carla Ward's um recruited brilliantly. So a lot I of the players that. Dale mentioned true. um there from the start of this season, but she. I tend to think of the mid-season transfer window as the panic window, but she's actually done a brilliant job, and um, a lot of those players um, that she's recruited mid-season already making an impact. Now, I did uh, mention
2: that did mention that headline to you from last week: "Daly and Daly don't dilly dally" <laughs> yes. as Aston Villa, wow, which that- was one of the podcast <laughs> one, of, one of the uh, headlines of the season. But yeah, they've recruited super well, and like yep. you've got Corsi and Gilnick coming off the bench, and yep. Corsi was starting for yep. uh, starting for Birmingham last season, I believe. So. Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah, and of course we all know about Emily Gilnick's talents, but yeah, that's it's good. They got a good score there. Now I'll mention Cheryl was um insistent on naming her and Queen of the Week, so thanks Cheryl. I mean we're happy to shout this out again. Just Ellie Brush scoring the winning goal for Canberra United against uh, Sydney, and uh, yeah, I wonder if that like I just do wonder if that um, very striking headband uh, she's wearing is that? Do you reckon that's giving us some kind of heading advantage? Because it's one of the biggest headbands I've ever seen.
2: It's. Uh, it's a look yeah that way yeah. <laughs> uh it. good luck to her I say but I, th- I don't... believe the science I believe the science is out the jury is out on the uh, yeah. on the science but no it's if that's what makes her feel comfortable and yeah. you know maybe it's like uh what's his name Elliot Kipchoge wearing those like shoes with the carbon fiber in them <laughs> that make him a little but, like, bit more springy
1: <laughs> it can't be too big because like surely it might just like ricochet off at a really weird angle one yeah. day Unless it's really yeah. soft or whatever.
2: But, yeah. All I'm saying is that we should have padded sombreros for all players to minimise concussion. Look, I'm just spitballing.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, why not? Um, and Hey, it'd help with the heat. It Look, would.
2: So we cool. are an ideas podcast, if we you are
0: anything. You are definitely an ideas man, Dale.
1: Pit <laughs> yes. ah, yes. helmets we... with a fan in them. There we go. Yes,
0: yes, yes. <laughs> um idea oh it's 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 uh, it a good idea but um yeah just uh, uh just like like to say the commentator perspective like headbands that that very distinctive so perhaps i think more players should wear them it would yeah. uh, make our jobs easier uh Madge, who have you selected for queens of the week let's finish this up
1: before we yeah i <laughs> oh look i'm, I'm just going back um a shout out in solidarity to the canadian women's national team um fighting their fight um i want to say fighting the good fight it's fighting an unfortunate fight that they're having to fight at the moment so uh all the best to them i actually just saw um kieran Yap has just um retweeted um something from an account from saucy rockets so um a nice account handle there just noting that it's uh, that a women's soccer team being forced to play under unfair labor conditions uh, now playing in a tournament called the She Believes Cup mm-hmm. tracks so hard um, with how women athletes, uh, ath- athletes and women's sport are generally treated. So, yeah, I think that hits the nail on the head.
0: Yep. Oh, now I understand the tweet I saw earlier. Apologies. I can't remember who tweeted it, but they mentioned the She Believes Cup. And, and um, this tweeter said, what if she believes in getting paid?
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes absolutely now this as
2: is all... this is true very marxian of you <laughs> I, I i yeah i
0: should actually embed that so i'll um do a twitter so well, there's whatever. a good
2: pod there's a good name for the pod what if she believes in getting paid what if she absolutely Ooh, yes is. thanks dale thanks Dale. Yeah. Cheryl will appreciate
0: that <laughs> now I've got, I've got multiple queens of the week my um uh, first queen of the week is taryn king because uh she scored um her first dub goal is Dale. Very um eloquently said earlier, breaking her duck, uh, her scoring duck in the dub. And I I do I just always love being able to say that Taryn King is my queen of the week. Uh, and then uh, shout out also to a couple of captains. So. Uh, it's not Abby Lemon. It's Abby Lemon's best mate, Annie Dachko from Blacktown Spartans. She's only 20, but she's been named as the new uh, Blacktown Spartans captain for the 2023 NPL New South Wales season. Congratulations to her. And thanks to Kelly Lemon for giving me a photo of Annie that I can use for the feature image. And then number three, this uh, we all saw this one coming. My other captain is new North Carolina. My other queen of the week is new North Carolina courage captain, Denise O'Sullivan. Just yeah, she, yeah popular choice for the courage and yeah um I can't wait to see her in July I I I apologize in advance to anyone sitting in the same bay as me and on that note we should probably wrap this up so uh thanks for your support um thanks for tuning in uh on behalf of Magella card and Dale roots uh we wish you a life of good vibes tattoos and razzlers and we will see you next week